Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling, award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you because Reed is definitely his own man with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy, listeners from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada, and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Well, we're going to be covering the first part of the drumbeat towards war. I'm going to tell you a little bit about all the nasty stuff we've been doing, that the deep state's been doing, (laughs) that most of us don't even know about and would never approve of. But, you know, what else is new? For the last, oh, 20 or 30 years, which has brought us to the point we are now. Next week, I'm going to give you the drumbeat to war just over the last 12 to 14 months, blow by blow. And you can see exactly where we are with China, with Russia, with Iran, and with North Korea. Because it's important that you know this. China is going to invade Taiwan. I mean, that's just a question of time. However, when they do, world trade will be basically non-existent because transportation will be non-existent, particularly ships that are emanating from Asia. And all those things that you're used to buying, that the BlackRock crew and all the companies they're invested in, and the United States government in collusion with them, has shipped overseas, manufacturing-wise, are not going to be available. These shelves will be empty. Inflation will rage. I'm not being a doomsayer here. This is just two plus two is four. So very important that you understand the background of this so that you can prepare. And then, of course, we're going to have the rest of the story. And along this international line that I'm bringing you today is the standing of America. Not just the American dollar, which, of course, is under attack, rather beleaguered, but America, okay? America as a foreign superpower. Whether or not we should be one is a whole other discussion that we're not going to go to today. Because that really rounds out what I've been bringing you, right? The attack on the economy and your dollar and your pocketbook and your property. The ceaseless, incessant, and pervasive lies that this government for some reason seems bent on telling you. From big ticket items like the, you know, Russian dossier and the Hunter laptop that didn't exist. You know, Russian disinformation. To quote-unquote smaller but pretty important things like we won't ban your gas stoves and then moving to banning gas hookups, never mind gas stoves. One of the court cases, in fact, has to do with exactly that. I think it'll make you happy. And we've talked about over the last three or four weeks ESG and DEI, you know, the culture, the social wars. And the transgender gay movements and how the tail is wagging the dog. And we've talked about the ESG scores, CEI. I'm going to bring you a little bit more on that today because it's really interesting on how the CEI scoring index originated and who monitors it. It'll blow your mind. And today I'm going to kind of round all this up into what you can do about it. You know, there's no sense sitting around in fear, gnashing your nails, moaning the state of the country and the planet. It's time to do something, and there's stuff you can do. We're going to go over that today, too. And I'm going to read you, as part of that little summation, a really, really interesting article about the American divorce, right? One of my four prongs of writing this upside-down, capsized ship of America. It seems that that idea is beginning to catch fire. And this article was extremely well-written and succinct. I think you'll really enjoy it. It'll get you thinking for sure. 
First, let's start with a founder's quote, shall we? And I think perfectly in keeping with the show that's about to come your way. This is Thomas Paine, quote, We have it in our power to begin the world over again, unquote. Oh, yes, we do. But it involves doing, not just talking about it. And our ranch story. Well, you know, we finally, we finally have had some warm days, 70 degrees, and nights that didn't freeze water. Pretty amazing. And we're running around like upside-down cyclops, getting water going everywhere. And this year, there's several things which are kind of changed upstream from us so that the water delivery is not as it has been the last 20 years. So we're trying to figure all this out. And places where we usually don't have a lot of water, we have water out the Yazoo. I mean, all sorts of frantic preventative measures from dam and ditch failures, etc., and then other places where we generally are brim full of water is pretty sparse. For instance, our pivot, which this time of year generally runs 24-7. In fact, we're dumping water, and dumping water is when you get water to bypass your water delivery system and get it back to the creek so you don't get flooded out. But this year, we only have enough to run the pivot instead of 24-7, like 12-7, 12 hours a day. That may change here in the next month or two as water moves around upstream of us. But nonetheless, it puts an entirely different beat and tempo to our trying to get water hither, yither, and yon. And once again, the moral of this rant story is things are never certain. Things are always in flux. There's always changes coming your way. Some you anticipate and some you don't. And you have to adopt. Adopt, improvise, overcome. And I think what's coming our way collectively as Americans and to America, the country we love, is kind of like what's happening with water on the ranch this year. There's going to be things coming we didn't anticipate from directions we couldn't foresee. And it's up to each and every one of us to be ready. So let's begin with our countdown toward conflict, shall we? The United States has a long history of unfortunate involvement in coups and regime changes around the world, both covertly and over. Let me just give you a couple of examples, a little little historical touch here. Operation Ajax in 1953, the U.S. government, working with the British, orchestrated a coup to overthrow the democratically elected prime minister of Iran in order to protect Western oil interests. And we know what we got there. The Ayatollah. Oh, perfect. Then there was the Guatemalan coup in 1954. In that case, the CIA kind of orchestrated a coup that overthrew the democratically elected president of Guatemala, Jacobo Aburns, because he threatened the interests of U.S. corporations, such as the United Fruit Company. Oh, that unholy alliance between corporate America and government America. Hmm, we see it more and more, do we not? And then, of course, the Bay of Pigs invasion, 1961. Many of you are familiar with that. I think everybody has heard of it. But basically, the U.S. government under John F. Kennedy supported a failed attempt by Cuban exiles to overthrow the government of Fidel Castro. It was a total wreck. It led to the Cuban Missile Crisis. Do you see how these events can lead to a drumbeat of war? Think about how close we were there during that missile crisis. Then we have the Chilean coup in 1971. So the, the U.S. government backed a coup that overthrew the democratically elected president of Chile, Salvador Allende, and installed a military dictatorship. Oh, I thought we were a democracy. I thought we were a republic. Who knows? Under General Augusto Pinochet. Chile kind of recovered from that. It was a vibrant country. It's now having problems. I'm quite familiar with Chile. And it's really a gem. 
It's one of the gems of South America, and its topography and its resources, its shape with 3,000 miles of coastline at one point only being 50 miles wide is really unique. It's a tremendous country, but here we are dabbling in it back there in 1971. Then we have the Grenadian coup in 1983, Ronald Reagan. So the U.S. government invaded Grenada, and they used it as a pretext, rescuing students, etc., etc. But the bottom line is they wanted to restore government that had been overthrown by a coup by Marxist elements within the government that had been overthrown. This is one of the few international interdictions, if you will, that didn't seem to have any ongoing ramifications and actually proved some benefit. Then we have the Haitian coup in 1991. So the government, the U.S. government, supported a military coup that overthrew the democratically elected president of Haiti, Jean-Bertrand Aristide, because he was seen as too left-wing by American policymakers. Well, if you're familiar with Haiti, think about back to the hurricanes, etc. Think about back to the Clinton Foundation, corrupt. Don't even get me going. Haiti is a wreck. It is an impoverished wreck. And then we have the Venezuelan coup. Oh, Venezuela. In 2002. So the U.S. government supported a coup that briefly overthrew the democratically elected president of Venezuela, Hugo Chavez. Once again, a perhaps good intentions here. Hugo Chavez was like no peach. He certainly wasn't a capitalist. He certainly was a Marxist. But what we got was 10 times worse, right? And what we have now is 10 times worse. And not only that, we've gone from overthrowing their government to now funding it with billions of dollars of oil revenues because of the insane upside-down energy policies of this administration. And then, of course, we have the Ukrainian coup. I've talked to you about that. Listen to the history of Ukraine. I think it was a two- or three-part series about a year ago on this show on the rightsideradio.com. It'll give you all sorts of background. You will understand so much better what's going on in Ukraine right now. It will open your eyes. But basically, Obama and, oh, our current quote-unquote president, Kadaver, engineered a coup. They ousted Ukraine President Viktor Yarkunovich in a coup that brought in, quote-unquote, pro-Western leaders, unquote. Oh, let's see, what's the current guy's name? That's right, Zelensky, a World Economic Forum Global Young Leader graduate. Perfect. And, of course, along the way, Russia took Crimea and Russia invaded Ukraine, and we now have $130, $140 billion of our tax money over there in shell casings, in fired rounds, in a slog fest, which is literally leading the tick-tock of the clock of conflict. And I mean serious conflict. Russia is not Venezuela. Russia has 5,000 nukes. And they are allied due to the politics in this country, instigated, perpetrated, and psyops fostered strictly for the elite who maintain their power, their control, and their money. After all, they have their bunkers. Do you have yours? The Ukraine coup, and what we're going to talk about next, the Sudan coup, going on right now, the color revolution, as they're called, has brought us in this drumbeat of conflict to exactly where we are, which is the precipice. The coup triggered nothing more or nothing less than a political military crisis in Ukraine. It provoked a strong reaction from Russia. And let's face it, the coup and its aftermath, particularly now, have damaged the relations between the U.S. and Russia. It has also led to widening cracks in NATO and ascending influence of China. 
Basically, the coup and its aftermath have affected the security and stability of the wider region, which is now being doubled down on, as well as the global quote-unquote order. And although the elites really don't care, the coup and its aftermath have also had serious adverse implications for the future of Ukraine and its people. You know, let's remember, this is people we're talking about. Let's take a look at Sudan, which is like happening right this moment as you listen to this show. This is an amazing little timeline. August 24, 2022, the U.S. ambassador of Sudan is appointed. This is following a 25-year lapse. No ambassador from the United States to Sudan. On September 28, 2022, that ambassador, having been there a month, warns Sudan against finalizing a deal that's kind of brewing over a Russian naval base installation in Sudan. On November 11th, 2022, Secretary Blinken, oh, he's just perfect, urges Sudan to consider, quote, U.S. support for the rapid formation of a civilian-led transitional government, unquote. December 5th, 2022, the United Nations, another bunch of winners, they broker a framework agreement between Sudan's military leaders and leading pro-democracy parties. Gee, and, you know, World Economic Forum parties, you ought to call them. December 7th, 2022, Blinken, oh, there he is again, threatens travel bans for Sudanese who endanger the framework agreement deal that I just talked about. In other words, a little censorship going on, you know, a little carrot and stick coercion. On February 12th, Sudan the military leaders there give the finger to Blinken and the United States in the West, and they confirm the deal for the Russian naval base. The head military guy, by the way, his name is Burhan, there in Sudan. On February 16th, four days later, the Biden administration sends $288 million in humanitarian aid to Sudan. Can we talk bribe here? How much of that money do you think actually got to the people in Sudan, right? On March 9th, 2023, Victoria Newland. This is a nuclear war propagating lady who is involved with Hillary Clinton, destruction of emails, destruction of devices. I can go on and on and on. She seems to have her little warmongering fingers in every bubbling pie around the world. The name Newland is the exact opposite of the word peace. But on March 9th, 2023, Victoria Newland visits Sudan to, quote, discuss democracy, unquote. On April 8th, 2023, there's sudden conflict escalation, like it turns into a big shooting war. This is just a month ago. Between the Sudanese Armed Forces, that's Burhan's government, and the paramilitary group RSF, under a guy by the name of the Gala. And on April 22nd, the U.S. suddenly evacuates all American citizens or anyone they could find, particularly the diplomatic corps, from Sudan. If you listen to this show, you know our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. There's been 70 physical attacks on grid stations and countless cyber attacks in the last year. Imagine a blackout lasting days, weeks, months. Look around your house. Water, refrigeration, heat, light would be poof. That's why having your own portable solar power and not relying on a government grid is critical. With a Patriot Power Sidekick from 4Patriots, you get a solar generator that's quick, easy, portable, on the go, or even inside. And though only the size of a lunchbox, it's powerful. It'll power your phones, your medical devices, even a mini fridge. 
a free solar panel, free shipping, and a practically unheard of 365-day satisfaction guarantee. You can get 10% off your purchase using the code RIGHTSIDE at checkout. FORPATRIOTS.COM. Use the code RIGHTSIDE. Get 10% off. FORPATRIOTS.COM. Protect you. Protect your family. And the conflict rages on. There's been British people killed. Americans have lost their lives. Tens of thousands of Sudanese have lost their lives. There's some kind of flavor, if you read the different reports, of a dispute over gold. Oh, very interesting. And oil. Hmm, even more interesting. And the Wagner Group, you know, Russia's kind of private paramilitary is involved in there on the side of the rebels all of a sudden. You know, the whole thing has become a tortured three-way proxy war. It kind of looks like the Ukraine timeline. I just very briefly went over with you here, but condensed. Some of these interjections that we've talked about of American power might have had some benefit, might have had some foundation in terms of freedom, democracy, American, not American corporate, but American interests. But many did not, and virtually all, in some shape or form, other than Granada and Chile, have led to a spiraling down of overall American influence and the regard that America is kept in the rest of the world. I mean, right now, American agents are over in Israel, really our last ally in the Middle East, which is still a fairly important region, cobbling together yet another color revolution. This is in one of our staunchest allies. Of course, Israel is an enemy of Iran. Barack Obama, the real president, loves Iran. And Barack Obama has always hated Bibi Netanyahu and Israel. So there may be some of that going on, too, because, as we all know, this government is not reticent about using its power to coerce, force, or simply eliminate its political foes. In the meantime, China has been using the opposite tack. Yes, they've been growing the military by leaps and bounds, their nuclear arsenal by leaps and bounds. They have been increasingly belligerent to and in your face to America. On the other hand, they're dealing with the C team, so they have no respect for Washington, D.C. In fact, I think Russia and China, when Xi and Vladimir get together for their chats, I'm sure half of it is cracking jokes and laughing at our current so-called American leadership. China instead has, at least on the surface, who knows what they have planned down the road. They're rather inscrutable. They've done their Belt and Road Initiative. This is like mutual cooperation for mutual gain. They finance, they pay for, they lend whatever it takes to build huge transportation and infrastructure projects around the world. And they gain influence over countries and governments and economies that way. Basically, where the United States sends in force and coercion and the stick of a weaponized dollar, the Chinese do everything they can to facilitate the use of yuan and the construction of capital improvements in countries which benefit the population. They're playing long ball overall for global domination using a really, really, really big carrot and a really, really, really small stick. The exact opposite of the imperious and pompous antics of the United States over the last, give or take, 50 to 70 years. I promised you several weeks ago to bring you kind of details about the Belt and Road Initiative of China because it's fascinating. It's a study in how to do this and do it right and do it on a mutual win-win basis and avoid conflict. So that's the international front. Let's talk about the economic front, which I 
threatened to do last week but didn't quite get to. So shadow government statistics, right? Shadowstatistics.com. Look, the government does not tell you the truth about anything. It's really unfortunate. You would like to be able to trust the people that you've elected and the people that they've appointed. And unfortunately, you cannot. I've given you the list of lies. I will not bore you again with it. You're familiar with them. But they're lying to you about the economy. We've actually been in a recession for about six months. And the recession's deepening. They tell you that the printing of dollars has no effect on inflation. But inflation directly mirrors money supply. And money supply, not the number of dollars circulating, they're decreasing because of the Fed credit restrictions. But the overall money supply, the amount of dollars in the world, is at an all-time high by over 100%. No wonder inflation's at an all-time high. And because they've taken all the juicy things, you know, like fuel and food, stuff you don't need, out of the inflation measure that they give you through their corporate and media lackeys, they're telling you inflation is like 6%, give or take. But real inflation is actually just under 15%. Unemployment. They jump up and down and tell you about all the new jobs and all this kind of great stuff. Oh, it's the lowest unemployment forever and ever and ever. But real unemployment, folks, believe it or not, has jumped up to almost 37%. That's 37%. That's the people who can work, that are able to work, who are not working. Gross domestic product, you know, the overall output of the economy. They want to tell you that it's a positive several percent. Even the pessimistic government stuff says 1.1%, which is rather anemic, growth. However, taking out all the fufa, real GDP, is right now just about negative 2%, which, by the way, is the definition of a recession, even though they like to change that term. And the U.S. dollar, no surprise, is dipping against other world currencies, which, by the way, happens to be good for exports, but really bad for imports and your pocketbook. And then unemployment. This is total labor force. Shadowstatistics.com. They're telling you it's 3.7 whatever percent. But if you do it the right way, the way it used to be done, no employment during the reference week, were available for work except temporary illness, made specific efforts such as contacting employers to find employment, you find total labor force unemployment at just under 15%. And I think you know that this week, in fact, Tuesday was quite a day, the stock market got pummeled. First Republic Bank went under, which everybody kind of expected, on Monday. Fortunately, the Federal Reserve, at least as of right now, isn't bailing out all the depositors over 250000 I guess they weren't good buddy buddies and not so useful as the depositors at Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank. But this is another woke bank, tech bank, that went under. And there's banking tremors throughout the system, such as PacWest. Over in Europe, Credit Suisse is gone. Deutsche Bank, eh, you know, not far to follow. And in the meantime, they're going to bring out the CBDC, the digital currency. Great. Digital currency against gold and asset-backed currency of the BRICS. This should go over great. Again, I want to tell you, put your money in your local community bank. Weiss Ratings will tell you the rankings of that bank, where they are at, and all the key statistics, you know, so that you can feel safe. Support Main Street. Forget Wall Street. Wall Street is just another extension of the government. Main Street 
is your neighbor. And by the way, back to employment, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, <laughs> well, we can trust their numbers, but even their numbers show that job openings in March fell to 9.6 million, which is the lowest level in nearly two years. And let's take those numbers with a grain of salt. And the job openings rate, that's the share of all jobs in the economy that are open, in other words, can be filled, declined to 5.8%. Very interestingly, the number of layoffs, remember they're telling you all this nonsense, but the real stat, if you will, is the number of layoffs and discharges in March, right? This is 60 days ago. Things are accelerating. Increased to 1.8 million people losing their jobs, or 1.2%. That's the largest level since the pandemic of 2020. In fact, tech layoffs, believe it or not, are 38,000%. That's 38,000% above their historical high. Admittedly, part of this has to do with the advent of AI. But nonetheless, it's a job loss. And we have commercial real estate loans absolutely in the tank which is not helping these banks. And the commercial real estate market's virtually everywhere. There's very few bright spots. Office vacancies, retail vacancies, brick-and-mortar stuff, in which many of these banks, fortunately, not so much your local community bank, is invested heavily, are cratering. I mean, people were just handing in the keys. BlackRock is struggling with its investments, both residential and and commercial. Oh, isn't that too bad? I'm shedding a tear. According to IBIS World, the delinquency rate, and it's accelerating. This is two months ago. In the $3 trillion office sector, rose to 17% in the first quarter. That's from 12% at the end of 2022, which itself was on par with the 2008 financial crisis. Retail is not far behind. And of course, you have auto loans just in the tank. Default rates are now higher than the 2008 auto loan default rate. Next week, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what was called the Fislic Assistance Agreements back there in the 80s. And you'll get an idea on how manipulated the Fed, the Treasury, and the financial markets make these bank bailouts and huge potholes in the economic road seem, should we say, less conspicuous than they really are and less important than they absolutely are. Did you know that the Federal Reserve's capital, that's right, their balance sheet, has gone negative? In fact, their new report, this is at the Friday, March 31st, for the six months ended March 29th, the Fed, that's our Federal Reserve, has racked up a remarkable $44 billion of cumulative operating losses. That's right. This exceeds the Fed's capital. Remember, the Fed is private, folks, of $42 billion. Listen to my historical shows on the Fed, money, and the currency on the rightsideradio.com. So the capital, that is, the net worth of the Federal Reserve System, has gone negative to the tune of $2 billion. <laughs> Right in time for April Fool's Day, it turns out. And they're reporting ongoing operating losses of $8.7 billion a month. Oh, lovely. By the way, on an annualized basis, that's about $100 billion in losses a year. And ironically, the same thing that's making the Fed go underwater, except they can print money, is the same thing that's making some of these regional banks go underwater. By the way, First Republic Bank is now the second largest bank failure in history. It's bigger than Silicon Valley. Hmm, the press isn't telling you that, are they? And the various indexes that they use to track the economy, the manufacturing index, the durable goods index, are, you know, across the board, sideways, up and down, 
I mean very unstable, if not negative. So may I suggest you batten down your hatches. Preparation includes financial preparation as well as physical preparation, i.e. defense, food, roof, water. You are no good to the rebuilding of this republic if you are underwater yourself. Remember, they tell you on the planes, put your own oxygen mask on before you help others. So, for the rest of the story, we have, in summation, a government who simply does not tell you the truth. Misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, omission of information, twisting of information, make-up information about anything. The economy, which is your finances and your property. Taxes, your health, in fact, life or death. COVID, what drugs to use, what drugs not to use. The jab is safe and effective. Politics and power the Russian dossier, etc., etc. Election integrity. There's no fraud here, folks. Nothing to see. The border. The border's under control. We just have 2 million illegal aliens flooding us from 154 countries from around the world over the course of a year. 300,000 plus or minus a month, about to increase with the drop of Title 42. The danger of China. China is just our competitor. They nothing to worry about here. The evil of Russia. Because... They're nationalist, and our folks are globalists. The root cause of inflation, the bills that are passed, which precipitates ink in the printing press. I can go on down the list. But what are we going to do about it? Well, at a basic level, let me just summarize. You need to call your state legislator, your state legislatures, your governor, write them letters, make calls, make sure that they do not agree to the change in the definition of money, the UCC thing the feds are trying to get done. Make certain that every possible state, local, county, municipal protection against federal overreach, whether it's the Second Amendment, First Amendment, education, you name it, is in place. You need to write your congressional representatives and tell them to stop the spending. One of the things I didn't cover in the economics is now we were going to hit the debt ceiling and the extraordinary measures that Janet Yellen, oh, what a rocket scientist, is taking to keep the United States afloat and fund its foolhardy endeavors everywhere. Like $20 million for female crash tummy spite, beady weedy, and $130 billion in Ukraine, etc., etc., is done. Yellen now says that she's not going to be able to take any more extraordinary measures, which basically is borrowing from the Treasury Reserve. By June 1, it used to be July. Who would have known? Now they're blaming decreased tax revenues. Let's see, folks. On one hand, there's no recession. Everything is great. The economy is wonderful. But tax revenues are down. Ooh. Hmm. Where's the disconnect here? You need to get involved with your kids' education. If the FBI is going to label you as a domestic terrorist for standing up at a school board meeting, so be it. They got a big problem with 25 million domestic terrorists standing up at school board meetings. You need to get yourself financially secure, particularly relative to credit card debt. We didn't talk about it in the little economic segment, but the housing markets in many places in the United States are a disaster, down anywhere from 10 to 40%. In some cases, they're remaining a little bit resilient, but there is no housing shortage. In fact, I have a great video that you really need to listen to under family safety and under the audio bar and rat-a-tat-tat on what's really happening with the housing markets around the United States by two experts. Listen to that. It'll tell you a lot about what is probably one of your largest assets. They've lied to you about the debt. 
right? 31.5 trillion, no problem. In fact, we can go to 50 trillion, no problem. I mean, it's just math, folks. And since we know what their source of revenue is, your pocket and your property, we know where they're going to come for the money to pay the additional debt service, which could be pretty close to two-thirds of the whole federal budget at these debt rates if interest rates continue to climb. Write your Congress people and your senators and say, stop the spending. Roll it back. What they don't tell you about the debt ceiling, and we're going to go over the history of that next week. What they don't tell you about the debt ceiling is, you know what? The government shuts down, but none of the essential services shut down. The military doesn't shut down. Your Social Security check doesn't shut down. Your Medicaid doesn't shut down. I mean, they forget to tell you all this stuff. What they don't tell you about the debt ceiling is that the government shuts down, which is, oh, so terrible. Except, you know what? All the essential services continue. Military, Social Security, Medicaid, blah, 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 all that stuff. The only thing that doesn't continue, although unfortunately they still get paid, of course, are all the non-essential workers. The 50% or 60%, we're talking about 2.5 million people, who work for the government who somehow are non-essential Oh, let me think about that disconnect. You need to get involved with your local school boards. You need to run for school board or whatever is necessary to say that the Gen X generation is pretty well lost. But the next generation can be saved with your involvement. And you need to get active in elections and election integrity. Although that's kind of the rear guard. You need to absolutely stop spending your money with woke companies. Let me give you a little tidbit there. You know that Corporate Equality Index, the CEI, which scores ESG scores on companies? Do you know who put that together? The Human Rights Campaign, the largest LGBTQ political lobbying group in the world. And guess where they get their money? They get millions of dollars from George Soros Open Open Society Foundation. HRC calls their CEI Index rating criteria. And with the hand-in-hand coercion of BlackRock, who owns stock in all these companies and has gotten board seats, as I've brought you in previous shows. Unfortunately, 15 of the top 20 fortune-ranked companies received 100% ratings. You realize what you got to do to get there? And BlackRock, with its stock ownership, twists the arms of CEOs who don't want to go along, even down to the point of threatening their bonuses and their income, and their jobs. You need to stop doing business with the enemy. You need to stop doing business with these companies. There's a new app. We'll have it on the website right above the audio bar on the main page. But this app will give you a list of all the woke companies or all the companies who are woke at any given time. Don't buy from them. Instead of buying from Starbucks, how about your local coffee supplier? Don't buy from Nike. Don't drink a Bud Light. And I can go on down the list. Collective boycotting can be very successful. It may take a little time, but it will turn the screws because eventually money talks and BS walks. And understand the pressure that that this is a tail wagging the dog again, that the tranny gay group puts on these companies. Quote, sometimes it's little things like if a company doesn't get a 100 CEI score, they won't be allowed at a jobs fair at a university, unquote. Quote, universities are suppressing companies that don't have a 100 score by telling prospective graduates saying they're bigoted places to work, unquote. In some cases, you could be delisted from the portfolios of index funds and pension funds, which cost you big money. There is a way to fight back. Start putting pressure 
on the board of directors where you have your stock, which you absolutely positively have to vote. Do not give a proxy to BlackRock or anybody else. Spend an hour. Protect your money. Know what's going on. Cast your votes in the corporations in which you're invested. Did you know that Kellogg's, the shareholders there, have now forced a vote to force Kellogg away from the CEI index nonsense, the ESG nonsense. Get that to happen in other companies in which you may have an investment. This is your money. It's your future. It's your freedoms. And then, of course, the beast itself, the government, which acts in concerts with the lesser beasts, the corporate world, the media world, the globalist WEF, UN world. They can't operate without money, folks. Their whole little scheme falls apart if they don't have the moolah. And the moolah comes from your pocket. We're going to delve in a rather deep way how we can directly impact that. Maybe it's in conjunction with the divorce idea, right? We're going to repost that map of how this would work. And, you know, it's really kind of interesting. One of the things that Cadaver and his administration is doing, you've probably heard of this, is that if you worked your butt off, you have a down payment saved up for your house, you have a great FICO score, you're looking to buy a house, guess what? You are going to pay higher interest rates on your mortgage so that somebody who didn't do any of those things, doesn't have the cash, didn't save, didn't invest, didn't work, can get a lower interest rate. I'm not making this up. The story will be under Rat-a-tat-tat and Family Safety on the RightSideRadio.com. And when you get to this point where you have a government that doesn't care about your health, about your life and death, about your Bill of Rights, about your Second Amendment rights, your First Amendment rights, your pocketbook, your housing, your security, your defense, i.e., the DOD, and all its woke nonsense going on, and its antiquated tactics and equipment. And you have a minority of blue states doubling down on these policies within their state borders. And you have what appears to be kind of a corkboard on the progressive side. The sound goes in, doesn't come out. You have the divorce alternative. I talked about that at length several weeks ago. Let me read you just a portion of this article that came out last week. I hope inspired by this show. And whether or not it was inspired by this show, it's great. More and more people are seeing the handwriting on the wall. There are rifts in this country which probably cannot be repaired because salt is poured into those gaping wounds by the Democratic Marxists intentionally every day, every minute, every hour, through every source possible. This was on Firebrand. It was called The Great American Opt-Out, A Matter of Willingness, Willfulness, and Will. Let me read you just a part of it. A Great American Opt-Out, the partition of the world's foremost superpower into separate red and blue nations, is certainly not a subject to be taken nor a suggestion to be made, lightly. But a superpower won't remain super when, as Victor Davis Hanson lately lamented, it must, quote, fixate only on the irrelevant that we think we can address while ignoring the existential, unquote. These existential yet insoluble problems, they are self-inflicted wounds like weakened security, economic ruin, dysfunctional cities, non-existent borders, transgender tyranny, and the weaponization of our justice system. And add as a coup de grace, the ultimate point past the point of no return. Joe Biden's dictate disappearing the internal combustion engine. This will accelerate a death spiral for automakers and power producers already overwhelmed by renewable mandates. 
It will accentuate energy poverty, lead to decreased private ownership of soon-to-be unaffordable automobiles, and ultimately actuate a forced flight from the capacious suburbs to cramped spaces in family-unfriendly herbs and a crimped American dream. Why are these problems insoluble? Because any dissent from the ruling class narrative risks persecution, prosecution, and peaceful, read riotous, protests, lawsuits, suspensions, canceling, and cutoffs of livelihoods and necessities. Moreover, all meaningful avenues to counter mendacious, monolithic misrule by the out-of-touch elites remain stubbornly blocked. Today's executive branch is a pen and phone and deep state-dominated operation utterly disdainful of the people it is ostensibly devoted to serve. Our justice system systematically weaponizes itself against that citizenry, and the judiciary injudiciously generates inventive subversions of its will. See Obamacare, DACA, transgender rights as examples. Corporate America co-ops portfolios and pension funds to undermine investors' and workers' interests in the service of a woke ideology. An even more woke corporate media colludes with one political party, and our woke culture devalues core American values. We have solved nothing, spend everything, and more Congresses. We have an electoral process that, whether or not irretrievably tainted by systemic fraud and rigged by an elite cabal, dubiously delivered not just the White House, but also net midterm senatorial, gubernatorial, and state legislative gains to the party of the most decrepit, degenerate, disdained, and disaster-inducing presidential incumbent in history. Stein's Law posits, quote, if something cannot go on forever, it will stop. Unquote. America's paralysis in fixing existential problems cannot go on at all, much less forever, without a seeding of its superpower status, if not a Weimar-level collapse. It must stop. Soon. But how? Justice Issues and Insights has documented millions of citizens fleeing blue states' economic, political, and social rot. The sole solution for red America is to simply vote with its feet. That is, walk. Opt out. Some suggest the Union's geographically dominant red counties could lead such an exodus, but a more likely route is for red states. In either event, it's not difficult to conceive the formation of a provisional government pending a new constitution and elections, including current members of Congress and federal judges from departing states and executive of existing governors. Nor is it difficult to conceive the negotiation of dissolution terms as previously suggested, including a joint defense pact and shared assumption of responsibility for unfunded liabilities, and a division, perhaps, of trust funds. A mere fiction, unfortunately, in a nation $31 trillion in debt. In short, the logistics and implementation of partition are imaginable and manageable. The musts to muster? The willingness to admit that out is the only sustainable avenue to making America great again, given the hijacking of its commanding heights. The willfulness to advocate and agitate for that result, and the will to see a separation through. Those elements may seem far off and unattainable, given the lack of seriousness with which partition suggestions have been regarded to date, even among conservatives, and its regrettable association with the ill-fated and immoral long-ago Confederate cause. But where was the transgenderism now darkly gripping America even a few years back? Who foresaw Black Lives Matter's rapid rise in the rule of law's sudden suspension? Or the Green New Deal's nanosecond-long advance from political punchline to administration policy? Opt-out must proceed to succeed with the same insistence, sense of urgency, and level of volume as those efforts. 
starting with igniting and incessantly fanning a fire in forums like these, making it a theme of an unceasing series of conservative gatherings, marches, and hearings, confronting candidates for every office at every level, at every opportunity, and thereby choosing and encouraging champions. At America's accelerated rate of decline, there's not a moment to waste. And with every elite, political, economic, social, cultural, and judicial institution mobilized against its citizenry, no further point of no return needs to be passed. So, more and more people are thinking the same, and that's a good thing. More on this in future shows and how to organize, folks. By the way, you know, I told you there'd be 26 states in the ongoing United States under this divorce theory. And this mortgage nonsense, you know, if you have good credit, as I just talked about a few minutes ago, if you have good credit, you're going to pay more in interest rates so that people with bad credit can pay less in interest rates. There's 27 states, I projected 26, 27 states that have banded together to fight that. That, folks, is the ongoing American hope. Ponder all this, folks. Take action. Don't sit there and fret. Don't sit there and just be angry. Don't sit there and just be fearful. Fearful is their ally. Fear is what gives them control. Fear is your enemy. Take action along all these fronts. Remember our quote from Thomas Paine today. Quote, we have it in our power to begin the world over again. Unquote. We're out of time. No rat-a-tat-tat today, but we'll make up for it in spades next week. Don't worry. But this was important. This is how to fix it permanently. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Look in the mirror, repeat with your family, repeat with your friends, and say with conviction, I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. We'll talk at you next week. Keep the wind at your back. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side. (laughs) 